Greetings and salutations, everybody. This is the anime podcast of some sort. I'm David. Some people might know me as DJM, but I'm not on Twitter much anymore. My co-host, Jack D. Allister. What's up, Jack? No, I cannot believe this weather we're having, David. Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm doing fantastic, and we have ourselves a fantastic guest and fantastic news and fantastic things to cover, so I'm just dang excited. I, I'm I'm excited too, Jack. I'm I'm actually very, very excited. I'm always excited to do the old A to the P to the O double S, but I'm especially excited to welcome a writer and contributor to the venerable AnimeOutsiders.com. Oh yes, those anime outsiders. Dean the Adequate himself, Mr. Christopher Kinsey. Chris, thank you so much for joining us on APOS. Thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. It's been a long time. Been a long time. It has. This is this is long overdue uh, since Jack and I started doing APOS. You have been very, very high on our on our wants to get list, and we're both happy that it's finally, finally happening. So let's create some internet content and let's just get this underway. And since it's my podcast, I'm gonna be totally selfish and talk about season two, Attack at Seven. Because, guys, I really like Tekken. It's always been my favorite fighting game. But Season 2 of Tekken 7 has really reinvigorated it a lot. Because my my favorite character, and, and I, I, I'll admit it, she, she's a waifu. I'm not ashamed to say it. She's a waifu. Anna Williams is back in the game, along with Lei Wulong. And there have been balance updates and all sorts of things. And... I'm really excited to be playing Tekken again. Uh, when when I got the DLC, I for the first time in in weeks, I hunkered down with Tekken for a few hours. Of course, I got killed, but I didn't care because I was having fun, and I have fun, and that's how you know it's a game you really love, especially a fighting game when you don't care that you're getting your ass kicked, but you're still having fun. That is absolutely uh, me with Guilty Gear. <laughs> that game is balls hard. Uh, unless it's Faust. Right. <laughs> well, it sounds like it's a good time to be a Tekken fan, David. Um, is there anything that you might be anticipating or expecting to hear from? Or are you just happy with the changes? Like, And, of course, Anna. <laughs> uh, I will say that I am happy with the changes. Uh, a few of the balance updates, how seemingly most people are pretty satisfied with. I don't see a lot of griping or complaining within the Tekken community at all, actually. Uh, again, two legacy characters, Lei Wulong, the super cop, uh, who's kind of the, the super advanced character. Uh, is back in the game, and Anna Williams, who originally was a a palette swap for Nina, but eventually grew to be her own character with her own move set. Uh, right now, uh, I'm enjoying the fact that you can see how far you're progressing in the ranking system, kind of like a an an EXP bar in a role playing game, rather than just playing so many matches and then suddenly it's a promotion match. You actually see on the screen how far you're progressing towards the next rank, which is really cool. Uh, eventually, I might get to a higher rank someday. Maybe. Nice. Uh, but but I'm kind of trash. But also, as far as characters, other characters that I use, Shaheen is still pretty good. 
Uh, I think they finally listened to a lot of people out there and have helped out Lee Shaolan a little bit, uh, a character that I also love. And I got to say, just overall, I'm really happy this happened. And Jack, I I think I made a mistake. And, and Chris, I, I think I made a, a pretty big mistake. I I contributed to the AAA gaming machine. No. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Why have you done it? Guys, I can't believe you've done I, I I bought the season two pass for Tekken. Oh no! It's not you, finished, you fool! No, you're a I pawn in the system. I, How dare I you did. buy something you like and support the official release? <laughs> I did. I did. Well, but, so there's because it it was something that this is literally my second favorite character to play in the history of the franchise. Like I couldn't not pay with my pay with my dollars. Be- no, I wasn't one of like the super crazy fans asking for Anna, but I- I'm definitely happy about it. Go ahead, Chris. It's it's one of those things where, you know, as long as you have a good confidence in the company that will justify your spending, do it. You know, pay for a season if you know it's a product that they know they're going to invest in, that you know you're going to get your value out of. You know, go with companies you trust and with titles that, you know, you know they're doing respect to. I mean, Street Fighter fans, I'm sorry, but there's every other fighting game company right now is doing doing all their fans right by the DLC, by all the season passes and everything else that's going on. The Arc the System one that started it all is just for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Arc System Wars SNK has gotten so on its game recently. I mean, I'm still my heart's a flutter because my my baby's back, uh Samurai Showdown. Uh, Samurai oh, yeah. Spirits, yes, that was just announced today, and like, okay, so that yeah. really, that really did happen because I, I was yes. saying in, in the show notes, the last couple of days I haven't been feeling too well. I've been a little bit under the weather. So when I saw that YouTube video this morning, I was kind of like, wait, uh, like I, I didn't sleep last night, so I was up at like four in the morning, oh, and then I was like, wait, Gross. wait, did did that happen? Did, did that really it, happen? It was did, that David? Was that really a <laughs> Samurai Showdown trailer? It, it did really happen, David, and I'm going to go ahead and give you a pass because you were ailing the, the reason why you put an unnecessary W in Samurai Showdown. I know it seems like it should be there, but it's not. Uh, I, I'm really excited, even though uh, I'm going to come right out and say it. This is not uh, sprite-based, even though it's really expensive to do sprite work these days. SNK had it down especially for this series you know the characters look fantastic uh i even though this is cg you know i have to be pedantic and have to be a purist about it and go i would prefer it in sprites but they still look great and i'm glad that my boy galford is there because you know it kind of looked a little ever it it looked a little bit like street fighter 4 it does doesn't it which is interesting it's almost like this was almost some kind of uh Competitor to the series or something. <laughs> not, That's not a, not a, <laughs> the stylization of Street Fighter V wasn't the problem with Street Fighter V. We can all admit that. I mean, it looked really cool in a lot of the designs and changes. Like, I knew when Sakura came out, I was like, hey, they let her grow up. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, honestly. But, uh, it, Chris, Chris, Samurai Showdown is, is your account. Uh, you were saying, uh, before this was your favorite fighting game of them all. So, how are you feeling about this? 
I'm excited because the last time we had a 3D entry to the series, it was a PlayStation 1. I don't remember it. It didn't come out in arcades in forever, and I don't have all my really old games out right now, so I couldn't take a look at it. So it's one of those things where if we could get a good 3D style in the modern day, we could get a good resurgence of Samurai Showdown because Samurai Spirits is the SNK property that's like, there's a few more that are more lost than it, but every once in a while it rears its head and some people are like, oh, I remember that. And it's kind of strange because like after three, after Samurai Showdown 3, there was like this big gap where we didn't find anything on consoles until five. And I think five was only released on the original Xbox. It was one of those things where there's so much of a gap between our collective consciousness, everyone comes out and is like, oh yeah, Samurai Showdown, that thing. And it never really gets any play at Evo or anything. I don't see it like headlining anything, not even in like uh, classic circuits to people talk about it a lot. But I've got a cabinet at my local arcade, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, I, I, we all want that cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's Come always the question I ask somebody. From us. <laughs> I always ask somebody when I talk about video games, I say, if you had an SNK cabinet, which four games are on it? And, uh, you know, that's, that's always my staple. It's fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's all there is to it. Now, now the only thing left is for world heroes to make a comeback. And then I'll really be like a uh, jaw on the floor. But <laughs> I mean, at this well, point we, we pretty much, like Soul Calibur came back, so yeah. at this point this ev- show, everything is open. <laughs> we did bring back Soul Calibur, sort of. Hashtag legalized Darkstalkers, and we killed Neo Yokio. So basically, we make the taste. We're the tastemakers of the anime. <laughs> God, not yes. Any if Darkstalkers uh, came back and it was correct, I again that's another thing I would throw all my money at because yeah, at Capcom, I'm waiting, but. You know, this has promise, and you are absolutely right. I completely forgot about the 3D game that previously existed. Warrior's Rage. Here it is. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah, Warrior's Rage. The only old character from that was Hanzo. Uh, well, not Hanzo. Hamoru. Hamoru. Yeah, basically yeah. the re- You know, what's, what's interesting about this series is they're not against kind of changing stuff up like that. Like, they had five. The protagonist wasn't even Hamoru. He was there, but it was some other guy entirely uh and you know the story doesn't really matter for <laughs> samurai showdown as much as you know oh street fighter everyone knows like laura street fighter but they like to tweak and play around with stuff so uh you know we could we could be in for something unexpected but i'm not gonna put away i'm not gonna uh shy away from any new characters or uh new ideas they have for this series because you know if you call it samurai spirits it's you know it's it's a it's a refurbishment it's it's different. So I'll be looking forward to whatever kind of changes they might bring. And you're right. Samurai Showdown. You hardly hear it in con- conversation anymore. So this will be really good just from a standpoint of revival. Now, David, this next story. Oh, boy. Am I dead again? No, no, oh, no, no. no. Okay, I, I was going to say, yeah. Okay. I heard a really long pause and I got really upset because that what happened last We are time. in rapt attention, Jack. <laughs> I'm so glad. This you, next story, you, David. You nailed that 
pretty well. Uh, the next story uh, comes to us courtesy of AnimeHerald.com. This was an actually interesting piece of anime-related news. Uh, guys, if you're familiar with the website or, or the service Anime Bento, uh, there are all sorts of services out there for delivering clothes, toothbrushes, food, what have you. Uh, this site, uh, Anime Bento, was sort of a, a anime-style loot crate slash blue apron kind of thing, except they really haven't done a very good job. In fact, they've done a terrible job. Uh, there have been floods of customer complaints and all sorts of things uh, publicly on their Facebook page about how terrible they are and how they're not redeeming orders and how they're out of stock and just how everything has gone wrong. They're, they're not even giving back refunds. So here's something that, in theory, was kind of a good idea like a loot crate or a blue apron that has gone terribly terribly wrong uh chris uh do you have any services like this have you tried any of them uh i am a broke so no uh i do watch uh ashens on youtube and i i live vicariously through him and that just reinforces the fact that i don't want any of these for the most part some some get me excited like there's this one called um board game bento and it's, you know, gives you like five different board games that are an X amount value. And, you know, I'm a board game geek, so it's one of those things I'm like, okay, I could get that at some point in time. But the thing about it is, like, as much as I like pins, as much as I like little vinyl figurines and this, that, and the other, the idea of getting a random assortment does not appeal to me. Because, you know, I don't... Part of the thrill in finding things that you love in your fandoms and your hobby is that thrill of the hunt. And, you know, combing through conventions, trying to find those little stores, trying to find those places, you know, that aren't Hot Topic, that'll have the things, those little things that you want, especially if you're an anime fan or a video game fan. Because, like, there's a huge swath of Target right now. If you walk in there, there's, like, a big line of video game pins and bottles and this and that and the other. But it's all bottom line. It's all going to be like the big name titles, your Bethesda's, your your Xbox stuff, your classic Nintendo for all those people who need to get back their childhoods. So loot boxes serve two great purposes, especially for people who live in the rural like I do. Um, people who are mega nerds in the rural, they have a lot less access to that. So I could see getting such a service when you're out in the boonies and, you know, the postal service still delivers. You get your little fun things every month. And you can you can mess around with it. But the thing is, for me personally, the person who went on the hunts, who went to the conventions, who found the stores, I it's one of those things where I see the boom is finally busting. There are far too many ones, and this one's a perfect example. They try to diversify too much. That's a lot of product you have to manage. You have to manage foodstuffs. You have to manage T-shirts. You have to manage uh, toys. You have to manage br Japanese bric-a-brac. And let me tell you, there are still a lot of problems with bringing Japanese bric-a-brac from there to here. So it's going to be a, someone to fill this role to be an anime loot box that gives you all kinds of Japanese culture and things you want from anime. It's a really tough one to fill. I don't see where somebody's going to do it. Well, well, someone tried. And by all someone, accounts, they, they didn't do a very good job. Go made. ahead, Jack. An attempt was made. I just want to read the story. Uh, 
bit on the bottom here about the customer service that was received by one particular person. Uh, as, as they quote in uh, the Anime Herald uh, uh, account of all different kinds of customer service nightmares. I googled Anime Bento's number. I got one, and I was like, "Great! I can speak to a real person and see what the story is." She explained she called the number at roughly 1 p.m. at global time, which is about 7 a.m. The call ran, and I got the strange answering message, like a ba- lady talking in a baby voice, like, "Hello, not home." She decided to call back an hour later and explained they picked up instantly and said, "Hello, who is this?" She responded asking if she had the right number. The voice asked, yes, but you can't call. It's the middle of the night. It was 8 a.m. in Texas where Anime Bento is based. And the voice added, I am late for my son's school. So uh, (laughs) if you find an 800 number and that is your response for customers, mm, this is a whole nightmare. More customer accounts of not ever receiving boxes from previous months, uh, not getting returns or any kind of uh, response for customer emails. And there are just nonstop screenshots of the Facebook page where the Anime Bento is touting their next box. And the comments are almost an impenetrable wall of, I'm still waiting for my August box. Why are you telling me about September? November, I'm still waiting for thy first box. Good afternoon. What do you plan to do about this box? This <laughs> this order, this here. It's endless. This is so bad. How does it get this bad, David? It gets this bad in a lot of different ways. I, I use, I in the past, I've used a, a food delivery service, and they, they've always been really good. But I've seen examples of these that get really bad, and it's just people that are within nerd culture oftentimes have a lot of issues with good old fashioned, regular old logistics. And this just sounds like a logistics nightmare that snowballed and became one problem after another, after another that just never got resolved. And if you can't do the logistics of something like this, you, you really shouldn't do this because we all know that within certain type of subcultures uh, people do not like don't mind going on the internet and complaining really really loud about things yeah this is all looking like a absolute nightmare for them and i appreciate that they tried they they, they made an attempt to bring a, a decent product to people who would be willing to pay I again, I, I agree with Chris. I don't really go for uh, these crazy, uh, you know, monthly situations, but I can see the appeal of them. And that being said, I just think you you are absolutely right, David, that you just need to know business a little bit better before getting into this kind of thing, especially when you have an installment plan, which this has. Uh, you can buy one, three, or six months at a time prepaid. If you're doing something like that, you really have to plan ahead to make sure that you get the product to the customer if they're guaranteed, you know, if you're paying ahead like that. It this all of these horror stories on here, I just hear <laughs> these are so bad. Just looking through these, I can't imagine it ever getting this bad. I <sighs> It's it's too bad. Well, when were th- when was this company founded? Oh, that is a good question. Only like uh, a couple months ago, right? 
let's take it a look at it. It was founded and it debuted, uh, Viewster debuted in 2015, Rice Stuff, briefly dabbed into it, but uh, Anime Bento 2015. Oh, really? That long? So either A, they never expanded or planned to expand their operation and it started in somebody's, you know, because you just said they were getting phone calls to a private house. And if that started in somebody's garage, well, eventually you have to understand you have to move into a business space and get a warehouse and this, that, and the other. If there was no plan in, in set for that, yeah, it's no wonder that after two years, bam, here we are. The guy is stuck so much on his plate, he can't get to it. So that's only a theory, only a working theory, but it's one that I've seen common in a lot of other industries that start in somebody's garage. <laughs> Then the website, gets, definitely. Sorry, then go ahead. It gets bigger and you need to move. Go ahead, Jack. I was just going to say this website is so cookie cutter from Right Stuff's shop website. It's not even funny. So the you mentioning that earlier makes perfect sense. I think they're just kind of piggybacking off of other ideas that seem to work and look good. And oh, well, uh, Anime Bento. <laughs> this this Thanks, episode brought to you by it. Anime Bento. No, this no. anime is now brought to you no. by Loot Anime. Didn't they do that? Loot Crate did an anime box? Yeah, they did. They? they still do. Can't you just specifically say that you're into anime and they look for more anime-based random items? You no, can I kind think of there's actually an an, a Loot Anime. Like, Loot Crate did. There is. There that, is. It's, yeah. it's Loot Anime. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Yeah, because Loot Crate, that's the one that you go to if you want goods each month. That's it's kind of like Dragon Con. If you've ever been to Dragon <laughs> Con in Atlanta, they just put all the anime stuff in one little corner in like the lowest basement possible. And that's where all the anime stuff is. That where that's loot belong, anime. <laughs> <laughs> no, we need, to, we need to branch out. We need to branch <laughs> out to the rest of the world and show everyone that anime is okay. Except for that, they all they all went out with Yaoi paddles. <sighs> anime is real. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And and it's I'm I'm just going to go ahead and spoil it everybody. It's not looking so good. And I'm talking about the upcoming season for fall 2018, Jack and Chris. Yeah. I see some possible, some potential. I see it and I might see more of it than you do because I have different standards. I wouldn't say I they're have, I have one that I'm excited about. Um, and I'm one at that I'm one, kind of okay about. <laughs> I have one, maybe two. I have one that I'm interested in, and, and one more that I might give a shot. Uh, Jack, since it seems like you're 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 hanging on a little bit tighter, uh, what what are you looking at? What's got you intrigued this fall season? Well, we have, and and most of this is comedy. Everybody knows me, but it's looking good. We have Gaikotsu Sotenen Honda-san. I'm going to go ahead and run that through a translator. And while I do, uh, this is, (laughs) just look at the image for this, David. Uh, For for listeners, this is a bookstore with various people dressed to work at a bookstore. And they've got pumpkin heads. There's a funny and the main character who is taking up most of the space is just a skeleton just staring right at you <laughs> and just an anatomically correct skeleton not a manga skeleton <laughs> this looks very realistic and it says simply the comedy manga story centers on a skeleton named honda who works in a bookstore 
hilarity ensues daily in his work in the shop's manga counter. And I'm going to be honest, all you need to grab me these days is a skeleton. (laughs) Aside from that, uh, yes. I was going to say, if it looks funny, go for it. It, it, it just there are, there are slim pickings. It's it's I, comedy. I it's October. It's a skeleton. It's spoopy. Go for it. It it works. And and just the fact that I saw it out of all of these other mostly fairly generic looking anime season that 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 just it grabbed me. And I mentioned before we started recording, it, it's like when you see an unattended dog in a grocery store or something. It just it makes you laugh. It just doesn't make any sense. It's ridiculous. Um. Aside from that, there's also uh, more information about the Ace Attorney anime. It is going to take place uh, during the events of the third game, which is the best of the trilogy because it hasn't been overdone like one and it's not terrible like two. So, you know, maybe there's some promise, even though it is just adapting what I've seen before. So I will keep track on that one, David, for you. See if that one gets any better from its previous season, uh, like a bump up in animation or so. Uh, Bakumatsu Rock, which is, uh, it's like part dating sim harem thing and also part just a weird band anime that I really like because it takes samurais and gives them this whole band aesthetic. That's getting an adaptation, so that's pretty fun. And then the last one that really seemed to interest me and I couldn't say for the life of me why... Oh, and JoJo. I forgot JoJo Part 5. <laughs> Those are just inevitable. Don't forget that. Don't forget I that. I could never forget that. If you didn't bring it up, I would. Don't worry. <laughs> yes. Of course. JoJo Part 5, which is probably one of the more solid casts of the series. The only one that... Uh, and it it looks so generic. I don't know why it's interesting me, but it might just be the description, even if that also is... I don't know what it is. This is an anomaly, David. Uh, this series is called Goblin Slayer, and it it looks so generic, but it sounds like it's going to be framed in a particularly unusual way for this kind of story. Uh, it's The description reads, a young priestess has formed her first adventuring party, but almost immediately they find themselves in distress. It's the goblin slayer who comes to their rescue, a man who's dedicated his life to the extermination of all goblins by any means necessary. And when rumors of his feats began to circulate, there's no telling what might come calling that. What might come calling next? Uh, the characters look solid, and I like the idea that it seemed to kind of focus on the party. Maybe it'll be about the Goblin Slayer instead. But I would be interested in seeing a story like One Punch Man, or you know, uh, you know, something with an overpowered anime character, and you're not necessarily following them 100 oh. of the time. Oh, Jack. Love- Jack. Mm-hmm. You you have sitting with you the person who's been following Goblin Slayer since it was you know a uh, a, a novel and uh, yeah I'll oh. tell you about that when we when we get to me. <laughs> okay, all right then. That's that is the majority of what I saw, and that is more than one series that is. Oh wait, no, sorry, there was one more. I have it up in here on this tab. Uh, it's simply called barrel and sapphire and it's just a series of shorts based on a comedy manga so it just looked unusual uh so i thought it would take that them four comas fill the time yep (laughs) we're all here to die might as well have some fun hey and that's a show title uh chris what have you got for the fall 2018 season what are you looking at 
before I destroy everybody with my love for the fact that Goblin Slayer has been adapted, um, I'm going to tell you that I'm still all about sci-fi um, uh, criminal hunting, be it uh, uh, Ghost in the Shell as a TV series. I, I didn't like the movie, but the TV series is great. It's fine. It's fine. And, uh, you know, your Cowboy Bebops, this, that, and the other. So there are two that look interesting to me. There's Ingress. They're, they're kind of similar. There's Ingress and there's Double Decker, uh, Doug, and Kirill. I think I'm, sp- I'm saying that correctly. But uh, in Ingress, there's apparently a substance that can interface directly with the brain. And this substance has been from ancient times. Uh, it can help the progress of humanity. It's kind of like existence and stuff like that. It gives you, you know, better brain power, lets you lead humanity to the next whatever. And in this kind of thing, organizations and governments are trying to find and control this drug. And there's a team of cops that you have to deal with, you know, the problems with this world, etc. So moving on from there, you've got Double Decker, where there's a drug, oh, again, yeah. um, where there's cro- sh- uh, Shadows Crime and illegal drugs that are running rampant, as it were. And that's perfectly fine, because a lot of my favorite animes I'm finding are, like, two well-built characters or more uh, go out and fight bizarre crimes, uh, sci-fi crimes, which has always been a favorite genre of mine anyway, ever since I read uh, Flatlander and The Tales of Gil Hamilton by Larry Niven. And uh, yeah, so that's my my two selections right there from that very particular genre that I like. But let's talk Goblin Slayer. Um, yes. Here's the thing about Goblin Slayer: like it is very generic, but the twist is you're here to root for the scrub, the guy who basically just goes and fight goblins. Now, the big thing to me about Goblin Slayer is it reminds me of your hyper-violent, sexualized OVAs from back in the day. Because what should start out and just be your generic, this this reminds me of RPGs that I used to play, is twisted in that way in like some of the darker parts of like that were adapted from Lodos War and, and that whole series of Lemnar and all that. Um, Goblin Slayer is not... You know, the the happy, typical, okay, let's find out what we're fighting for, this, that, and the other. There's a little of that in there. But it starts with the fact that everyone has a name that's generic. Goblin Slayer is Goblin Slayer. Priestess is Priestess. Um, and so on and so forth. Everything is just their name or character class or, or their uh, character race, as it were, be for a D&D game. You eventually learn Goblin Slayer's name, but again, spoilers and all that. But the thing is, Goblin Slayer just basically goes in and says, I'm here to kill goblins. You don't understand how big a problem goblins are. And every time you see these goblins, you learn, oh, you learn that the scrubs in these fantasy settings aren't to be taken lightly. As a big D&D nerd, that's always been the challenge. How do you make things that are the easiest things in a game be the most threatening? And this tackles that problem in such a great and psychological way and has all that aesthetic I was telling you about where it reminds me of like the, the 90s and everything. Put Put the kids to bed, get, get into a dark room, make sure your door's locked, don't let the parents in because these cartoons are going to have a lot of fighting and nudity, you know? So you got to... As they said yeah. back in the day, this was not kid stuff. All kids out of the pool, it's time for adult swim. <laughs> oh, I, adult I'm swim looking forward up, to it. Then. Because when, when that kind of stuff happens in anime, when they start to just strip away 
the character and leave the archetype, they can do some really good stuff with that. A really good example of that from the comedy perspective was Galco-chan, because everybody was just based off of a stereotype from a high school anime. And you can play around with that and really get into some more stuff and, you know, make a a deep action-packed story in that. So looks like I chose right. I didn't know what surprised me or interested me about it, but Goblin Slayer definitely drew my attention. So that's good news for me. I have some semblance of radar. First three uh, volumes of the manga are out, and the art is beautiful. If 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 they get good art direction from that way, we can't lose. Can't lose. I mean, they may not bring back any Berserk, but we'll have Goblin Slayer. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> they're they're not bringing back Berserk yet, but they're doing another Fist of the North Star anime. I'm okay with that. Oh, did, oh. you didn't. You didn't see the the one from earlier this year. Uh, no, I don't believe I had a chance to. But this year's been kind of rough on on old on old Chris Kenzie. Indeed, but, uh, indeed. Um, yeah, I will so say so that the the <laughs> new the new Fist of the North Star anime it was berserk bad in terms of the animation. Mm-hmm. It, it was that level of bad. It was really bad. Well, I'm glad I didn't do it. Although, although <laughs> things that are dying, uh, here's one thing we need to know. Uh, fairy tale final season. Yeah, it's, so dead. it's dead. It's dead. Um, <laughs> I was kind of getting tired of seeing it like on my thing. Like it, I have absolutely nothing against fairy tale. It's just kind of taking up a spot. <laughs> Gotta be honest. I just want to know where all those tattoos are going to go when, you know, they get older and just saying all those people on the Facebook. <laughs> fairy tale tattoo. Saggy. Oh man. <laughs> That is, fairy tale. that is so <laughs> regretful. <laughs> now, Final guys, I, I will say, for me, I had one, maybe two anime that I was looking at. Uh, but I will say, first of all, Chris, you might have sold me on Ingress. You might have sold me. Because I saw Ingress, and then I knew what it was from the mobile game. I, I knew of the brand and the name, and I knew it was from Niantic. Uh, of course, mm. they made that game, and of course, they made the the juggernaut that is Pokemon Go. So, when you explained a little bit more of this to me, you, you kind of sold me that this might be more than just uh, something that could be in an adaptation of that mobile game. Also, oh, I Double Decker? I can guarantee nothing. I can guarantee nothing. They could still drop that ball, but that October. is entirely October. that is entirely true. Also, double decker, you, you kind of sold me. I, I'm a little bit yeah, intrigued, likewise. but I, uh, I will. But I will say the show that caught my eye, and and I admit that this is probably just right on brand for me, is a brand new show called Rewrited, and it will be the return to anime for noted artist and character designer Yoshitoshi Abe, who was the character designer for Serial Experiments Lane and Technolize. So, yeah, this show caught my attention. I have no idea why would you like this. I have no idea. The show kind of caught my attention. Uh, And also, it's an original work from Takuya Sato, the man behind the first Steins Gate anime. So, again... It kind of caught my attention. Some of the credits in here were kind of like, huh, well, I, I, I pretty much obligated by blood to check this show out. So that, that one, that one was on my list. And the other one, uh, that, well, I'll, let's just, um, 
I'm just going to level with everybody here. It's the mech show. It's the mech show. The mech show. Thank goodness they're still here. I mean, they're they're out there hammering the metal, making big robots one at a time, you know. And it's called 4S Gridman. And just just from the preview, from the trailer alone, it looks kind of super robot-like, which I can get down with. 4S Gridman. I can get down with Gridman. And it looks like there's a kid who controls a robot that it might also maybe be a little bit more of a younger demographic kind of mech show, which I don't mind. I don't mind. I've I've watched a few of those shows in my day. Uh, again, uh, if there's a mech show, I'm always willing to give it a couple of episodes. Uh, if they're, they're, they're still making mech shows, uh, I will always give one or two of them uh, a couple of watches. But I will say, Chris, you you got me intrigued on Ingress for sure, because as someone who also loves watching anime where uh, sci-fi crimes are solved, uh, that that caught my attention. It, it it caught my attention. I was intrigued. I mistook Ingress for like a movie about psychopaths. I just passed over it. Yeah. <laughs> it looks just like psychopaths. But and- no, it does sound infinitely more interesting. And as as long as they don't like try and do like some mobile alternate reality stuff, because I, I remember that because in a lot of ways, the Ingress game was the alpha test for Pokemon Go. And I'm wondering where the story was in that, but I'm interested. I'm interested. Now, before we leave this discussion of the fall anime season i gotta do what i do each time and try and find the worst one and i think i might have found it immediately uh God, Uchi. it, 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 no, it all Pizza. looks so it Who all looks David? so jack it all looks so subpar well david don't you want to watch uchi no maidga usagiru which is about misha the little girl who lost her mother at an early age and lives with her father and a maid named Subame, who was a former Defense Force official and also a lolicon. Of course. Wow, thanks, are, I hate it. Are you sure that's going to be as bad as the adaptation of Conception, the RPG where you got to knock everyone up and use your offspring <laughs> to fight? It's, it's like Pokemon or Digimon, but you got to bang your Digimon to create the powerful fighter. It's terrible. It looks oh, it's a, so bad. Oh, and then there's the uh, then there's the sumo wrestling high school fight forever manga that has only one fat guy. How's that happen? Sumo. Yeah. It's a, supposed to be based on sumo. Come on. That, that's not how also- sumo works at all, Japan. <laughs> you should there's know, also- Japan. Well, I mean, the definitive sumo anime was Super Duper Sumos. I know it True. was made in America, but <laughs> it counts. There's also Is released it- the Spice, which is spelled with a y for some reason and it looks terrible there's really nothing in its description that's funny but release the spice looks terrible by all accounts it i already like talked on Ty- i already things. talked about a show involving spices that i'm not interested in last episode so let's let's just move on <laughs> let's move on jack you oh, you 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 went to sack anime in northern california yeah. And, and and tell us about it. Tell us about it. It's it's starting to get to be convention season 2.0 as summer ends and we go into fall. So tell me, how was SAC anime? Uh, well, I'll go with the bad first. So 
I get that out of the way because it was a fantastic time mostly. But I unfortunately missed Richard Epcar because I lost the manga that I had specifically bought for him to sign. And it just made me so upset that I couldn't manage to get myself out of that. But you know, people were delightfully chill and everybody was fantastic. The and then Christopher Sabat, actually, I didn't get to meet him, but my friends went and they actually uh, brought a couple cards for everybody to get a signature. They were so sweet to do that. Uh, apparently, Christopher Sabat was, <laughs> he just returned and they were in line right behind somebody else. And she approached and they had managed to catch a glimpse of what she wanted him to sign. It was a, it was a bit of a raunchy uh, fan manga, Dojinshi, if you will. Uh, one of those with uh, the the popular popular My Hero Academia character All Might having a bit of a compromising uh, sexual situation with another person. I won't mention it because I know I I, I respect people that, enough to not try and put horrible images in their brain of their favorite anime. But uh, she brings that up to him and shyly asks him to shine it, sign it without asking maybe his assistant first or anything. And they're all going, "Uh oh, this is going to go downhill." And he, he immediately gave her a big smile. He was he was chuckling in a good nature way and went, hey, absolutely. And just signed it and welcomed my friends to the next to the next spot. So, you know, I, I can't ever fault Christopher Sabat, it seems, because every story I hear about him, he just seems to be a really good sport about everything. And I just I want to be. I want to be clear about this, though. Don't do what that gal did. If you have something like that, maybe ask ahead of time because they have, you know, their assistant there to, you know, field that kind of stuff. Um, the voice actor for Donald Duck, whose name escapes me, I'm going to go ahead and look that quick up, was there, and that was actually a fantastic thing because a lot of people went all out for Ducktales and Donald Duck costumes, and. Uh, there were some ideas that really blew me away. David, it's no surprise and no shock to anybody. I was really happy about winning the best performance of SAC anime earlier this year for the winter convention. But the summer, it was even more of a competition. It was insane. There were so many cosplays of people with working armor bits and LEDs. People raising their game. People seriously raised their game. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Disney film Maleficent, but there was an honest to God, it looked like a movie accurate recreation of her wings. This woman spent 36 hours on these wings. It's fantastic to look at. Um, A notable Donald Duck costume uh, that I saw was this full-fledged sailor dress, and they topped it off with the hat and some fantastically adorable orange rain boots so people really got into the spirit of the costume game and it gave me a lot of great ideas one of which i'm going to make public here because i'm going to make a little bit of a saga out of it the process of designing this for people and it might not be for a while but i definitely wanted to freshen up one of my cosplays because david i like memes it is no surprise really really Half of the cosplays I brought with me this weekend, that weekend, were meme related. My lineup you're, is this you're the around. meme cosplayer. I am the meme cosplayer. Uh, my lineup was Smithers, as usual. That's kind of the one I open with. Uh, 
Then I brought Cuphead out that evening of day one. That was fantastic. Moving on into the second day, I had a previous obligation with people I was rooming with. And so I dressed up with them for their Steven Universe group. But I mentioned to David beforehand that I was looking forward to hanging out with the guy uh, who was dressed up as Greg because he's actually a guitarist and had a band. And he was very cool, very chill time to hang out with. And they actually turned out to be a really amazing group all around. Uh, very sweet people. And later on that day, moved into the highlight of the entire convention, which was cosplay wrestling and the cosplay masquerade. Now, I don't know as of this recording if the coverage is going to go up, but they have live coverage each year of the event, and then they will post the aftermath on YouTube. It's great. Uh, The 2018 uh, event that I had missed was excellent. I did not know Skeletor was present, but that was fantastic. And uh, I just have to say the masquerade was a delight. And David, now we know. I was the best performance earlier this year. So what serious, well-thought-out, high-production-value performance did I put forward this time for my reprise in entering I would this ta- contest? With- I would take year? a wild guess that it would involve something related to Aurora Borealis. At this time of year, at this time of day, in this part of the country, localized entirely within this convention center, it was Steed Hams. But it was a sack anime <laughs> masquerade performance. But before you get too far into things, David, thinking I just performed ad verbatim Steed Hams. Oh, no. No, no, no. I edited and, and it Jack, especially. And n- Jack, know that I will ask you about cosplay wrestling in a minute. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, now, uh, the cosplay masquerade, uh, was all up in arms when they hear the first bits of, oh, Superintendent Chalmers, I hope you're prepared for an unforgettable luncheon. But they weren't expecting that a minute into that video clip, or the audio clip, to hear suddenly the music all fade out and everything stop. And then it turns into, uh, what is most undoubtedly the best audio remix of the meme. Steamed Hams Incorporated, that's right, Steamed Hams, mashed up with Feel Good Incorporated by the Gorillas. Uh, it was just an absolute ball, but the highlights there were a full group of people dressed up as Majora's Mask and Ocarina of Time uh, characters. Excellent prop work on everybody, uh, but I have to say, best performance, they absolutely nailed it. I did a great job, but if it had to go to anybody, it had to go to... Uh, Deadpool and Spider-Man doing the Lucky Star Dance. That's just how it goes. That's it? <laughs> That's it? Oh, Deadpool oh, oh, and there, Spider-Man there doing more. the Lucky Star Dance? There was more, God, that they, is they so 2012. <laughs> Ugh. Listen, David, would you rather they win or me for whipping and nay-naying while you hear old family recipe? Oh, you! No. You! I would vote for you, Jack. I would absolutely bias, vote for you. Yes, we'd vote for you. <laughs> well, and- I appreciate that. Uh, so I'm going to make it known here that I loved debuting that costume uh, can, to can you Deadpool know, just go away forever already. I, I just, I just Are- want Deadpool to go away forever for all eternity and and to have hopefully never existed. Can can never. Deadpool just not exist? 
the world may never know, David. As long as the world is is hungry for un unconventional, uh, sorry, for uninteresting memes. That you know, genie's the, the out of the bottle. Joke. That genie's out of the yeah. bottle. And mm-hmm. if I may quote Red Letter Media, I had no reason to watch Deadpool 2, because I saw for Deadpool 1. I was entertained. I don't need to see it again. <laughs> I'm very happy I- Ryan Reynolds gets to have his fave to play though that's good for him i kind of wish that happened to me but uh david i'm gonna let you and chris and the whole podcast that everyone's listening to know right here that since that cosplay has happened i am retiring it for a short time i'm not gonna bring steamed hams and maybe some of the other simpsons for a while while i update them because people got really really creative with the way that they were toying around with their costumes. So instead of just having the usual suit and the apron that reads and proclaims that I steam a good ham, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to be foraying into cosplay prop work. This is new for me. And I will be converting my dinner tray into a shield that is imbued with the power of Krusty Burger and accompany it with a sword that is imbued with the power of Aurora Borealis. And we'll see how that goes. Uh, I'm working on some designs right now, and you can find any kind of process that I might have on this on at Jack D. Tyler D. on Twitter. So that's what I'll be working on, in addition to many, many others like Scrooge McDuck. I just couldn't help myself. The Donald Duck cosplayers wore me down, and DuckTales is a great show. It's not anime, but I'm putting it out there. It's a really good show. Now, Jack, you yes. put here in the show notes, cosplay wrestling. And I've said for many, many years that the crossover between anime fandom and, and wrestling fandom is a damn near perfect circle. So I, I want to know what details you got on this at SAC Anime. Because other conventions I have been to, this is a thing. This is a regular thing. I've seen it in Florida. I've seen it across the Midwest. Cosplay wrestling, where professional wrestlers, actual trained professional wrestlers will be in cosplay of various characters from games and whatnot, and they will put on matches as those characters. So I I need the deets on this one, Jackson. I need the deets. So I missed quite a bit of it, unfortunately, but the, the highlights of it were that everybody in that event got so into character and while i did miss that i uh excuse me while i did miss a big majority of it i have to say these people did know how to fight there were not very good seats i have to say because sack anime i'm gonna be honest i have to i have to put this out there the thing about Sack Anime is it's kind of mostly run by only volunteers. And a lot of people that uh, are on the volunteer, they don't get all the information because they're usually just going to be in one section entirely. So by the time everything got cleared out for the masquerade and started getting converted into the cosplay wrestling, I first of all had to make a bit of a stop because I had some people that were coming with me that I had to give them their commission art because huh, I made a little bit of money at this convention. So by the time everything had moved around, there was a surprising amount of chairs that were like 
not quite lined up properly and the lighting was poor. But what I did see of the last round was fantastic, David. And I highly recommend anybody to check out the YouTube channel. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and double check and see if they have the summer. That's Yoshi's right Star Spirit on YouTube, right, Jack? <laughs> oh, no, 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 not that one. Uh, let's see. Uh, this looks like it's the channel right here. So Darth Vader <laughs> was there. I just have to point out. And these people get really into character, David. But looks like the name of the channel is Vividly Vivid for all your SAC anime needs. And it looks like they do not have anything from SAC Summer yet. But they have winter here. And it's all good. It's all good. Uh, the last thing I wanted to say about SAC Summer, David, this is a little bit of something I don't do. I don't go to a whole lot of the panels, but I went to one this time because a friend of mine was running it. It's a body positivity panel. Ah, um, yes. You see many of those across many anime conventions. Many of those. They are a mainstay, and people are afraid of them because you figure you'll go in and it'll be a lot of crying and a lot of uncomfortable things. Um, the panel that they got this for this particular one, uh, you know, they included my friend who is a larger uh, individual. They also included a lot of male and uh, not typically muscular to uh, to boot uh, male panelists. And a few people who did identify as non-binary. And when they spoke and, and kind of opened up the floor for people to bring in their stories, I have to be honest, it was not the experience that I, I thought I would be there just for support and just kind of slog through it and that kind of thing. But I was not giving it a fair shake, David. This was 100% catered to listening to the audience of this panel and really making it an open discussion and bringing up things that people are really afraid to say when it comes to cosplaying and being a nerd of look, the elephant is in the room. You got to take care of yourself. You got to take care of the hygiene aspect. You got to take care of yourself with your body. You have the body you have because of your metabolism. You got to, you know, work with it. And, and that being said, there are things that you can't help and you have to be, you have to come to your own terms and know that you're the only uh, acceptance that you really need. As the last guy who spoke at the panel wrote, or uh, he he made a big announcement of this. Do you want a cosplay body? Put a cosplay on your body. Uh, but I met a lot of great people there through that, and it was a really nice open forum. And if they're all like that, then I highly recommend people check it out because uh, you don't often get to discuss the kind of problems that uh, men have with beauty standards, especially when it comes to anime, where a lot of guys sure don't like to wear shirts in anime. <laughs> sure, they sure don't like shirts or or many clothes. Let's be honest. There's a lot of naked or near naked anime characters too. When uh, in so doubt, that was also great. Cosplay a character that wears a suit. And that's that's what I've done. That's what I did. Well, if or, I keep on the arc, I'm going. I'm planning on being the the uh, butcher who is uh, the. Um, the alchemist's husband in a full metal alchemist. Uh, nice. So eventually, eventually we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. You see, Very cool. it, Very it, cool. it, it all culminated into a fantastic experience for, uh, 
great cosplay. It, it really was the highlight of the, the whole thing is just seeing what people really up their game with. And I'm, I'm going to be joining them. I'm going to be making some props. I'm really stepping it up and making it happen. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention Waluigi did meet Pepsi man on day three. <laughs> of course. That's important. That's important to mention as Pepsi man is the hero of our times. He did dole out refreshing cold ice cold bottled Pepsi. That was the real thing he was doing. I wondered if this was a PR stunt for a short If you're doing a gimmick like that, you need to have the the extra to just take it over the top. You want to make your silly costume for a mascot be that memorable experience, even if it means you're shelling out for a couple of packs of Pepsi. And people were probably that much happier that you showed up. Oh, yeah. People were it, it was an unreasonably warm weekend, even for California. It was supposed to be colder. It was not. And boy, I, I had a suit with an apron over it at one point. Wow, that was not a good idea, Jack. <laughs> that was not a good idea at all. But, uh, you know, walking around and telling people Waluigi's life story, that's that's the real magic. Should I tell people people Waluigi's life story to sign us off, David? Because you know, I it's on my Twitter at Jack G Tyler at Jack D Tyler D. But and that's exactly where they can find it. Stack anime experience. That that's, that's exactly where they can find that life story and Waluigi's nowhere life else. Story is right there. Very good. But you you mentioned Richard Epcar and a few of the other guests, and Jack, I've started to notice a trend with conventions recently in in 2018, a, a positive trend, some might say. And I would probably say that it was probably my my very own hometown convention, Yomacon, right here in the Motor City, that started this trend, uh, maybe back in 2011, uh, with uh, Mr. Little Karibo uh, way back when. And uh, I've noticed that recently there are more and more professional actors and actresses, animators, producers, and guests that are coming to these conventions, more people that are actually involved in the production of the things that we watch that are coming to these conventions, especially in the case of anime, where it's on the other side of the world. I'm seeing more and more Japanese guests and Japanese artists and even more voice actors and actresses for both English and Japanese uh, coming to this part of the world. And I got to say that's a pretty positive turnaround from, say, the last five or six years where it seemed like, Chris, and you can jump in if you've noticed this, it seemed like there was a pretty strong trend of conventions everywhere where all they were kind of doing was just inviting internet celebrities for a while. And The Nostalgia granted, Critic showed up at the Vanime before last. Yeah, he, to to he, let you know. What you have to remember is that time period that you just mentioned, that was the big circuit of the internet reviewer. And they eclipsed everything for a time there. And first off, they were a lot cheaper to get. Second off, they were a lot cheaper to, you know, put up in places because they would deal with a lot more bull bull hockey. Um and you know, now that we're back in the cycle, things are getting back on track. Because I remember back in the day, I haven't been to a anime convention that was, you know, a quote unquote big anime convention in a while. And but you know, you'd find people there that were, you know, 
the lead directors, you'd have some voice actors, you'd have people who worked for the companies bringing everything over, uh, translators, all kinds of things, doing panels. But then, yeah, there was that cycle where everyone wanted to be the next person on that guy with the glasses, getting all the hits, getting a bunch of attention, and hopefully, cross your fingers, making that leap to doing what you love for a living. But only a few people could sit on that thing, and everyone's finally realizing it. And don't get me wrong. Have YouTubers there. If they fit in your convention, do it. I mean, think about, I mean, even to this day, science fiction conventions still have the authors. They still have the writers of the TV shows. They still have the writers of the movies. They still have the directors. They still have the actors. They still have the stuntmen. They have all these people show up because everyone loves every piece of that process. And we as anime fans love every piece of that process too. But when you lump it in in a, a specific convention and you decide to just bring in anyone, that just dilutes it, and then you're just going to get another uh, Comic-Con. Like, I never want to see a Comic-Con. I don't want to go to any of those. <laughs> no, they're not fun. They're not nearly as fun as Anime-Cons. And full disclaimer, I will admit the fact that I have met my favorite internet content creator multiple times at conventions. Uh, she does not go to them anymore. But also, it's it's nice to see that in a lot of ways that this is turning back towards the content. And I think that this is because nowadays content is so much more easy to access. You have streaming outlets. You have cable TV still showing a few things here and there. And everything is so much more easily accessible. And companies from the other side of the world are seeing that there is an audience that has a genuine enthusiastic interest for this stuff. Uh, I was reading uh, about uh, Yoshitoshi Abe. He, he did an interview uh, during the, the press junket for Rewrited for the Fall. He mentioned that nobody really talks about the show that he had been working on, uh, Despera. Uh, because it got stuck in developmental hell for for a long time. Nobody in Japan really brings that up. But when he comes to the West, people always bring that up. And people always bring up Serial Experiments Lane to him. Uh, so he's he was saying that he's very thankful to Western anime fans and anime fans that come to conventions. And I think that now Japan is starting to come back around on people realizing that there is a market for this. Uh, Not just I, that. Think about this. There's been a recent upsurge in the old anime creators, the people you haven't heard about in forever. I mean, we're getting a new writing bean. Do you understand how much that not just makes me happy, but how impossible that seems, that we would get a new writing bean or, or anything out of you know what seemingly seems to be producers who don't produce anymore and it's all because we have this wider range of old and new anime because it seems like in japan the old stuff gets discarded unless it's something really really truly culturally rooted um or has the best waifus because you know the people are still arguing about neon genesis evangelion to this day uh... but let it die. Let it die. Please. But things are coming back. We're actually able to see the old things. And Discotech Media is, you know, leading that charge, showing us the cool stuff that we missed from back then, too. Like bo 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 Yeah, I mean I'm I'm hoping I'm hoping I can get that Blu-ray before a Yomacon so I can get Richard Epcar to sign it. 
I'm hoping well, it's I out before Yomicon. Well, so I'm excited fans. for like the original Cutie Honey TV series to actually, you know, get large yeah. releases and everything like that. I mean, that's like a historical thing when it comes to the development of Japanese animation and stories and culturally, you know, just changing that media. So it's good that these things are out there. They're doing it. I like to say they're doing enough, but they can't because legalese and this, that, and the other. And I talk about it a lot in my, you know, articles and everything. So you can, you know, see my opinions on that there. But but it does feel like the, it does feel like there's a little bit of an upwards trend. I, I feel like just from what I'm noticing, because I like to look at what's happening uh, at conventions, not just here in my area, just kind of across the United States. And I, I'm noticing that there is more of a trend now towards the the actual creation and production of the media and i think that's great especially now not just that concern for it too and we're actually viewing it and saying what's right and saying what's wrong and putting our voice in it's a hollow voice and it's a totally different place but yeah most importantly people putting down their money for the things that they want which is the most important thing of all now David, I'm going to give you a little bit of news of the upcoming SAC Winter 2019, which I also will be attending in January, uh, upcoming next year. Uh, a couple of the guests that are uh, slated to appear are the voice actor for Bowser, Mickey Mouse, and Gumball and Darwin, the current voices, obviously. Um, just These are mostly you know, the celebrity uh, aspect of it, but thinking about the content and about the fan reaction, I think that there's a very clear uh, community that people are really starting to become it, it's, it's become the main, the mainstream kind of reaction is the fandom it seems, which is really weird to say out loud, but it gets, it gets you love. It gets you adoration. It gets you results. You can see, you know, a fan base uh, will keep something afloat for so long. I didn't realize this uh, and I didn't really make a mention of it because it didn't really apply to me, but they did in fact theme uh, this previous convention, SAC anime as my hero academia theme. Like the rave was my hero academia and uh, Christopher Sabbath was a guest and all that kind of stuff. But I really think it just goes down to, uh, you know, It'll get people there. It'll get people to vote for their dollar. It is exactly what you say, David, is that people will come to these conventions to see the, you know, the the bigger people. And there is a storyboard artist. I think they're from My Hero Academia. They might just be just a gen- general Studio Bones uh, storyboarder, well, but that's Jack, also really exciting. Jack, There's just a I'm, lot going on. I'm just going to take back everything I just said because I see Team Four Stars on the guest list for Yomicon. Oh, God damn it. So forget everything I just said. That's Christopher it. Kinsey, thank you so much for joining yeah. us on the anime podcast of hey. some sort. Tell everyone out there where we can find what you're doing and where we can follow you. The most you can find me is at, at Dean the Adequate on Twitter. That's my personal. And then, of course, I run a little thing called uh, Ichiban Publish One on Twitter as well. Uh, that's where I'm kind of like making fun of the visual, uh, the young adult novels of Japan and everything and how kind of ludicrous they've been getting in practice and whatnot. Of course, you can find me at Anime Outsiders. I do reviews. I do articles. Um, I basically just talk shop about animation. I have some topics I'm brewing up right now, like what I saw was the decline of like making a diverse adult animation in America and who might have contributed to that. 
Um, some of the things we've talked about tonight, I might be talking about. And of course, if I get time to watch anime, uh, I might, you know, throw down a few more because I really need to put down something about cells at work and uh, my thoughts on that. So but we'll see what happens. We'll see what gets released on AO. Thank you so much, Chris, for joining us. Truly, it is. It has been long overdue, and we're very, very happy to have you. Jack, this has been another episode of the Anime Podcast of some sort. Thank you, as always, for doing this podcast with me. Thank all of you out there for listening. Go ahead and like, share, subscribe. We're in iTunes, we're in Stitcher, we're in TuneIn, where you can listen to us on your smart devices. If you've got the Alexa, if you've got the the Google devices, any of them, we're, we're there. You can listen to the anime podcast of some sort. If you're in iTunes or Apple Podcasts, go ahead and give us the five stars. Don't be a hater. Give us the five stars. You don't even have to write a review. Nobody reads those, but the five stars would really help your boy DJM out. Get the word out. Spread the word out. I'd really appreciate it. And Jack would, too. If not for me, do it for old Jack D, Tyler D. For Jack, this is DJM. Thank you for listening to APOS. We'll talk about cartoons again soon. 